Oh, hey, Rebels, it's me, Sheila Gunn-Reed, and you're listening to a free audio-only recording of my weekly Wednesday night show, The Gun Show. Tonight, my guest is former NHLer and child abuse survivor and advocate for mental health, Theo Fleury. And we have a long and, I think, pretty interesting conversation about the impact of separating parents from their kids in minor sports and about how government's reaction to COVID has inflicted societal trauma on us and what that means for the future mental health of society. Now, if you like listening to the show, then I promise you're going to love watching it. But in order to watch, you need to be a subscriber to Rebel News Plus. That's what we call our long-form TV-style shows here on Rebel News. Subscribers get access to my show, which I think is pretty great, especially tonight. But you also get access to Ezra's Nightly, Ezra Levant Show, David Menzies' Fun Friday Night Show, Rebel Roundup, and Andrew Chapados' show, Andrew Says. It's only 8 bucks a month to subscribe. And just for our podcast listeners, you can save an extra 10% on a new Rebel News Plus subscription by using the coupon code podcast when you subscribe it's really easy just go to rebelnewsplus.com to become a member and if you like the show and you know what i'm relatively confident that you do please leave a five-star review wherever you find us because that's a great way to support the show without having to spend a dime but it also helps other people find the podcast too okay that's it now please enjoy this free audio only version of my show Are vaccine mandates making children in minor sport less safe? Tonight I call in an expert. I'm Sheila Gunn-Reed and you're watching The Gun Show. Now last week I saw something crazy roll past me on Twitter and I know that sounds like it shouldn't be anything to really pique my attention because Twitter is a crazy place full of completely crazy people but I saw a self-described mommy blogger based in Saskatchewan named Tennille Fontaine and another person named Julian Witherspoon publicly offering to take other people's children to be vaccinated against the parents wishes and then encouraging the kids to lie to the parents two total stranger weirdos offering to take children somewhere, inject them with something against their parents' wishes, and then encouraging the children to lie about the whole thing, saying they went to the movies instead. At the time, naturally, I tweeted about it, and incidentally, these two boundaryless progressive ladies trended on Twitter for about two days, because normal people were outraged and saw this for what it was, abduction for sure, and possibly grooming. And yet the only Canadian journalist outside of anybody over here at Rebel News that talked about the issue was John Gormley, a Saskatchewan-based radio host. The whole thing even got the attention of RT, Russia Today. But CBC, they didn't lift their sleepy heads off the desk to do a story on this issue because they don't see a problem with it or where this sort of stuff leads. But I do. I think you do too. And I think my guest tonight might agree with us. I have real issues regarding child safety, 
especially with the concept of mature minors. But I also have issues with separating parents from kids in minor sports based on vaccination status. Seems like the perfect recipe for predators to do what predators do when parents aren't around, when parents aren't allowed into the gyms, the rinks, and the swimming pools. So I called in an expert, someone with incredible lived experience in this subject on vulnerable kids in minor sport, and someone who has been a staunch anti-lockdown advocate because of the impact of lockdowns on kids, especially with regard to trauma. So it is my pleasure to bring you an interview tonight that I recorded yesterday morning with Theo Fleury, former NHL star, survivor of childhood trauma, overcomer of addictions, and mental health advocate. And he has got a lot to say. And friends, I'm sad I didn't have him on the show sooner. Take a listen. Joining me now from his home in Calgary is NHL veteran and child abuse survivor and advocate for children, Theo Fleury. Theo, thanks so much for joining me. I wanted to have you on the show because I think you have um, expertise in what I see happening in the world Mm -hmm. right now. And I think you have some, we were talking off camera, some pretty relevant insights into what you're seeing um, governments do versus um, what happened to you in the past, the same things um, and the same tactics used to control um, your life are now being used to control society. Mm -hmm. The, The first issue I wanted to talk to you about, though, is I don't understand why nobody can see the safety issues that are right in front of us when we are separating kids from parents in minor sport because of vaccine mandates, vaccine passes, um, and uh, the idea of cohorts. For example, I can't watch my daughter play sports. I have to wait in the car because (laughs) apparently I become infectious to her when I'm in the building, but not when I'm in the hermetically sealed vehicle that we drive home in. <laughs> that you're that you're cleaning the whole entire time you're you're in there waiting for her you're cleaning the car <laughs> yeah, apparently <laughs> apparently but i mean yeah. for me this seems like rife for a creep to abuse the situation yes um you know all these protocols were put in place a long time ago for a reason right for a reason and now uh, because of COVID, we're just going to throw them out because they don't fit the narrative, right? That's basically what this is, is, is there's a script, right? That's been written by whoever. And the script says, yeah, we should probably not allow unvaccinated parents in the facility where the kids are, right? And that opens up a whole Pandora's box of what could happen, right? So if this is about safety, right? Health and safety and doing that is not about health and safety, right? So, so the hypocrisy of all of this, uh, you know, where, where do pedophiles or sexual abusers or sexual deviants or whatever you want to call them, where do they hang out? 
They hang out in kids' organizations, right? Which means arenas, gyms, schools, wherever they can get access to kids, that's where they hang out. And the grooming process, you know, takes a long time because they need to get themselves in a position of power and authority and trust. And once they have that, then they start grooming the kids. But the adults get groomed first, right? Before anything else happens, right? The last thing in the process of, you know, this kind of behavior is a kid gets abused. That's the last thing that happens in the process. There's a long, lengthy grooming process, you know, that happens. So, so yeah, we're, we're putting our kids in dangerous situations by not having eyeballs on our kids when, when we should be able to. The second thing I wanted to talk to you about is this sort of normalization of keeping secrets uh, between unrelated adults and children that aren't their own and keeping secrets away from parents. We see it in the mature minor uh, theory of um, with vaccination, when this total stranger can interview your child and say, well, you know, your, your child is mature enough to make these decisions, but they say it to the child, they don't say it to you. Yeah. And the parents really are carved out of it. And while it's one thing we're talking about vaccination, I think it, it sets a very dangerous precedent where it normalizes this secrecy between yeah. uh, unrelated adults and kids that aren't their own. And then it's becoming increasingly normalized because you go on the internet and you see people who call themselves mommy bloggers tweeting, I'll come pick up your, I'll come pick up kids and take them to get vaccinated and we'll tell everybody we're going to a movie. This is the sort of stuff you used to call the cops because of, but now it's righteous and virtuous <laughs> because they think they're saving the planet from COVID, which doesn't really affect kids all that much. Yeah. Well, uh, from a neuroscience perspective, the human brain isn't fully developed till you're in your late twenties. So that argument right there, mature, whatever minor is mm -hmm. off the table and that's science. Okay, we're talking, this is all about science. Well, I just threw a little science at you. So the kid has, does not have the capability to make that kind of decision, right? Secondly, you know, if you watch the Joe Rogan interview with Dr. McCullough yesterday, the vaccine doesn't work, period. Doesn't work, okay? And I've watched many, many interviews where lots of doctors have said the exact same thing, right? So pushing the vax is, you know, uh, I would say criminal, and it will be proven to be criminal uh, as time goes goes on. Um, but yeah, it's it's kids cannot make those kind of decisions, right? And uh, you know, I just know from my own experience that, you know, the tactics that they're using to coerce and manipulate and lie and all that were the same tactics that my abuser used against me. It's textbook, textbook. This is textbook. But I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist mm. because I know nothing about this subject, right? 
Well, sorry, I've been in this subject for 15 years. I've heard a million stories of sexual abuse survivors. And guess what? They're all the same. They're all the same. They don't change. It's coercion, manipulation, and lying. That's what this is all about, right? And us truth seekers out there who are trying to find the truth, who are actually trying to protect the world at large about what's going on, we're just canceled. We're crazy. You know, everybody uses the word CTE with me, you know, Mm -hmm. concussion stuff, critical thinker expert. That's what CTE is, right? That's what it is. And I'm not, you know what? I'm not afraid of the crazy people because I'm not crazy. I'm not crazy. I know I'm not crazy. I am a rational, compassionate, empathetic human being who can see through all the BS that's going on, right? And there is no argument. There is no argument. You come to the table. I put something out there. You come to the table. You know what you call me? You don't even have a rational argument. I'm a racist. (laughs) And I'm the first Métis racist person on the planet, right? I'm the first Métis racist person on the planet. Um, uh, you know, I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, you know, all these things. It's just, it's just ridiculous. And you wonder why the world is in the state that it's in because these people love chaos and drama and all this stuff. And, And we've had nothing but that for the last two years, right? Nothing makes sense. You know, it's, you know, what, you know, it's like, it's like Trudeau tells me to wear a mask and then he's over in Europe, you know, drunk off his ass, uh, you know, with no mask on. Right. So, you know, give it a rest. Uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit about what has happened to you since you started speaking out about the pandemic, because Mm -hmm. you've basically I mean, you haven't been canceled, but there have been some pretty serious attempts to cancel you by people who once lauded your efforts to protect kids. Well, what I what I've discovered is that the people who are, let's just say, conservative patriots are afraid. Okay, they're afraid to speak up. And I'm not right. And, and because of that, I've gotten a tremendous amount of support behind the scenes, right? Where people are emailing me and private messaging me on Facebook saying, you know what, thank you for saying what I'm thinking, because I can't say it, right? Because I'm going to lose my job and, you know, all these things like this, right? So, and, and a pretty good indication would be if I was losing followers on social media, okay? Well, before I started tweeting about politics, I was around the 90,000 mark. Well, I'm almost at 150,000 followers on Twitter. So that's a good indication that what I'm saying has support, uh, has some truth to it. And ultimately, the feedback that I'm getting is that 
the majority of people are thinking the same way that I'm thinking. They just can't say it because they're afraid, right? And and the one thing about, uh, you know, this ideology has been tried 24 times in human history, okay? This ideology, whatever you want to call it, globalism, communism, whatever the hell you want to call it, it's been tried 24 times. And guess what? It's failed every time. And what's the byproduct of this type of ideology? The only thing that comes out of this is death. That's it. That's the only thing that comes out of that type of ideology. And, you know, eventually they start eating themselves anyways, because their, their egos are so big, which is a pedophile trait. Ego and pedophile are in the same category, right? And that's what happens is, only one person can sit on the top of the pyramid in that type of system. So what happens, they start eating each other. Think about what they did to Governor Cuomo in New York. They, mm. they eliminated him, right? And, and you're going to see more and more of this kind of stuff happening, you know, as this all plays out. But unfortunately, it takes probably two decades for them to eat each other. And, and unfortunately, we got to be here to watch it and uh, go through it. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the lessons of Animal Farm always seem to repeat themselves that every time they try it, you know, the pigs start walking upright and then they do the same things the farmer always yeah. did. Um, I, I wanted to ask you about something that is, I mean, it's not necessarily in the, the COVID world, right. but it is in uh, definitely, like I said, off camera, the Theo Fleury universe, and that is the Ghislaine Maxwell trial. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of censorship of the details of the trial on social media. It's yeah. almost as though, and I'm going to sound like a conspiracy theorist, but these are conspiracy <laughs> facts. Yeah. Um, it's almost <laughs> as though they don't want us to know what's going on inside that trial. Right. Twitter shut down an account that was only tweeting things that were happening in the trial. It wasn't yeah. even commentary. It was just, this was said, this was said, this was said. Twitter shut it down. Why would they do that, Theo? Pedophiles protecting pedophiles. Simple as that. You know, so that's all it is. You know, one of the biggest businesses on the planet is a little thing called child and human trafficking. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I just watched an interview the other day where it's going from a $150 billion industry to a $200 billion industry. $200 billion. Yep. Okay. And then they said that one child can generate between $100,000 and $200,000 for a trafficker. Okay. So, but, but I'm a crazy conspiracy theorist, you know, because I'm throwing, I'm throwing truth at them. Yeah. They hate truth. They hate accountability, right? This is all about accountability, right? And, you know, the, the whole entire system is so corrupt. It is like, it's like, to me, I'm flabbergasted at how many people are in on this, right? Because we, as, as, you know, as a Canadian citizen, I have three, three things that I need to do. Pay my taxes, vote and stay out of jail. Other than that, the government 
doesn't need to be a part of my life. I'm very capable of running my own life, right? And now they're starting to take those things away, right? And, and that's not the role of government. That's not the role of government. And the lack of accountability, you know, from every, like even, you know, from municipal to provincial to federal, there is no accountability. These people get to go up to the stump and say whatever they want, say whatever they want. And there's no accountability because people like you, Sheila, aren't in that room to make them accountable. Yep. Right. Like this shit isn't hard to figure out. Like it's not hard to figure out where we're headed and why we're in this, you know, in this place is because if, if these people were held to accountability, this would, this would be all over. This whole thing would be all over, but there's no accountability. There's no accountability. So so as a guy who's curious and bright and, and, and smart, you know, I'm out there trying to find what, find out what the truth is because what they're showing me is not the truth. Right. So I'm going to go do my own research. It, it's all out there. You know, if you take the time and, and you, you know, and you, you, you do the research, it's very easy to figure out why we're, why we're here. Right. Yeah. And, you know, it's sad that so many people get their information from the people who are allowed to ask the questions without putting together, well, there's a reason they're the ones allowed to ask the Mm -hmm. questions and people like me are not allowed to ask the questions. And there's a lot of gaslighting for lack of a better term. For example, you're talking about the child trafficking issue. For me, that's a reason why, for example, Joe Biden should secure the Southern border, but the media and the institutional left, they will say, Sheila, that's an uncompassionate position to take because these people are fleeing poverty, strife, whatever. And I say, no, you're actually enabling human trafficking, human suffering, um, a, a pedophilia by allowing that border to be open. But I'm the uncompassionate one. It's compassionate for them to enable suffering. Right. And right. I mean, because I want rule of law. Mm-hmm. Well, what, what are addicts and alcoholics really good at? Manipulation. They're good at, collect, they're good at <laughs> collecting enablers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Huh? Yes. Think about that. Yep. Think about that statement right there. Right. Because when you have enablers around, you can do whatever you want. Cause you know that they're going to rescue you. They're going to try and fix you. Right. It's the same, same mentality. Right. It's the same mentality, right? So it's, uh, you know, it's a, it's a hard time to be alive, really. It really is. And, you know, why, why have we seen a spike in mental illness? Because mm-hmm. where's the worst place to be when you have mental illness? Right here. Yeah. In your head. Right? And so by locking us down taking away, you know, some of our privileges that we have, you know, when they shut down the churches and the arenas, well, the arena in Canada is the church, mm-hmm. the church of hockey. And, and why is there a small arena in every small town in Canada? Well, that's where we go to get relationship. 
right? And the counteractive thing for mental illness is connection and relationship, right? Because when I'm alone inside of my own head, that's the worst place to be for somebody who has mental illness. But when you get into your heart, which is relationship and connection and all of those things, that's how you heal from mental illness, right? So, so yeah, like this is, you know, it's not, it's not hard to figure out, you know, and, and it makes me uh, laugh because it's that obvious, like it's that obvious. And, you know, like a guy who has as much experience as me in trauma, mental health and addiction, it makes sense right? And COVID-19 is the most traumatic event that's happened since World War II. It's trauma. Mm -hmm. The government has inflicted trauma onto the population, right? Because, you know, I'm also an empath too. So when I walk out the door, what hits me? Anxiety almost knocks me over every time I walk out the door. Why? Because it's the fear of the unknown. Because we don't know what the future looks like. So the whole entire planet is living in a vibration of very high, high anxiety. Right? We go to the grocery store and we're, we're afraid that we're going to get COVID. Right? We've got our masks on. Nobody's talking to each other. You know, there's no interaction. It's just like a bunch of zombies showed up and, and went shopping. You know, you know, there's nobody smiling yeah. at each other. There's, you know, yeah. and that's, that's all part of this whole narrative that has to keep going. But, but the narrative is blown up. The narrative is blown up. Like it's, you know, if you're not asleep, you know that the narrative is going south very quickly right you know and uh you know hopefully uh in the near future that more people uh wake up to the fact like how do you, how would you feel that you've had three jabs you're still wearing a mask you're you're you know traveling is like like is a nightmare you know what i mean and mm -hmm. what did they promise? What did they promise? That Normalcy. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't happening. No. Ain't happening. Now, before I let you go, because I don't want to take up your whole morning, but you've been very generous with your time. I wanted to ask you about one last thing, and that is the rise of suicides in children related to, um, I would say, COVID anxiety. Um, you know, the, the news calls it mental illness, but I think it is uh, TV-induced anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, societal induced anxiety on a generation of children. What do you predict the future is going to be like for these kids? It's a great question. Um, well, there, there's nobody selling hope. Okay. There's nobody selling hope. The churches, but they closed them. Right. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Um, and when people lose hope, that's when they take their own lives, right? And, you know, people are losing their livelihoods, their, you know, uh, yeah, so 
And basically what I'm doing is I'm getting prepared for when this is all over. Cause I know that, um, you know, I, I can bring, I can bring that to the table, right. I can bring hope. I can bring healing. I can bring, you know, the 10,000 different modalities that I'm aware of that people can heal from, uh, from whatever they need to heal from. Right. And, uh, um, and it, and it's as simple as, you know, it really got me thinking about this. Yeah. That's why I'm kind of, I'm kind of, sure. um, you know, the, the cheapest, most effective kind of therapy that I've come across is a little thing called group therapy because it, it doesn't cost anything for group therapy. You know, you just, somebody donates a room, you get a bunch of people in a room, you use vulnerability, which is storytelling, that storytelling, that vulnerability creates safety. And then once you have safety in the room and people feel safe, then they just start popping up and, and telling their story. Right. And, and I think that's what we're going to need is uh, coming out of the pandemic. We're going to need a real sense of, you know, let's, let's get back to the, the old days, you know, where, you know, first thing you do in the morning is, is, you know, make a pot of coffee because you, you never know who's going to show up on your doorstep. Right. And we've gotten so far away from, from that, which I, you know, I grew up in that, you know, that small town farming community where there was always a, pot of coffee on right yep. and you, everybody sat around the kitchen table and you talked about politics you talked about religion you talked about you know and nobody you know called you a crazy conspiracy theorist you know everybody uh, had respect for one another they respected everybody's opinion you know and and we're so divided right and it's by design we're, we're divided by design that we're gonna have to get back to you know that real community um, spirit, you know, that we had, um, <clears throat> and, you know, sports and, and church and, and all these things are going to play a huge role in getting us back to, you know, that, that piece that has been missing for so long. Right. And, and these things are, you know, the worst I know. for, I know. you know, you know, they call it social media. No, it's called social insanity is what it is. Right. And this is like, this is a dopamine and serotonin machine. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. Right. And, uh, and so, you know, throw away the phones and, and get back to, you know, being in, in the same room with people and sharing and, you know, all those things, that's, that's what we need to get back to. And the reason why we're, in a high state of, you know, mental illness and suicide and opioid, you know, mm -hmm. addiction and overdoses is because we've lost that connection. Yeah. Right. You know, and, and, uh, um, and when you're dealing with trauma, the only way to, to heal that trauma is doing what we're doing right now. Sheila is having this conversation. That's, that's what it's about. That's the healing piece, right? You don't need a professional, psychologist or psychiatrist or whatever you know you just need a couple people who are willing to have tough conversations without judgment without pointing the finger you know 
Cause I always say, you know, there's, there's no courage in judgment. There's no courage in judgment, but there is a lot of courage in sharing your deepest, darkest secrets. Right. Cause you're only as sick as your secrets. Right. That's what it's all about. And, you know, for me in 2009, I wrote a book about all my secrets. And what happened was I connected with about a billion people on the planet who had the same experience as me. Right. And it's that simple, you know, and, and, uh, we need to get back to that honesty, openness, and willingness that we had, you know, a long time ago. Well, I do agree with you. It's my hope that society can sort of reclaim that togetherness that governments and public health officials have outlawed. Uh, Theo, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, if people want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Yeah, so my website is steelflurry.life. And uh, I'm on all social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter at TheoFlurry14. Great. Theo, thanks so much. Hopefully, um, if you're agreeable, you can come on the show again very, very soon. Yeah, it's the only it's the only place I got a voice. So sure, I'd love to come on whenever you want. So I'll give you all the time you want. <laughs> I'm scared about what the future looks like for a generation of kids so infected with somebody else's anxiety and worry that never got to be kids. I'm worried about suicides. I'm worried about addiction. I'm worried about mental health. And I'm worried about what future families look like when nobody knows how to interact with somebody else anymore without looking at them as though they are some sort of disease vector zombie. And I'm happy that there are loud voices like Theo's out there standing up for kids like mine. Well, everybody, that's the show for tonight. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'll see everybody back here in the same time, in the same place next week. And remember, don't let the government tell you that you've had too much to think. <laughs>